0: I want to do a message, obviously in a different light than what I have been in the last uh, little while. But I just want to remind us of something. As I was preparing uh, the, the message, I had some thoughts in, in mind. And as I got to it, I look at some references and so on. And I, I, I came to another message that I spoke probably a few years ago. Years ago, and as the I, I looked at the scripture, I felt the Lord said, "That's what I want you to speak on." And it's not anything rocket science or s- something. It was just in, in the context of the days we're living in. I, 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 I. It was just like this is right for, uh, for now. It's not a complicated message, but I, I pray it would speak to you. I pray it would uh, encourage you in these days. Jesus said, and we've spoken on this recently: the Shema. Uh, he said this, he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. The reality is, and I think especially more in the days that we're living in, the state of our heart, your heart, my heart, is something that should not be ignored. The state of our heart is, actually is really important. Jesus said this. He said, Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall see God. Which means if, if, if we allow the lens of our heart to somehow become muddied, you know, I was, I was shaving this morning, and, um, and as I do, and uh, not always, but this morning I did because church is on. And I was shaving, and I, I have to take my glasses glasses off because I you, I have to. And of course, when I'm shaving in the mirror, it looks amazing with my glasses off. <laughs> it looks so smooth, the gillette slick, whatever it is, triple blade. Or whatever, and it looks amazing until I put my glasses back on. And then I see all those things, the whiskers and stuff that I miss. Anybody else here want to admit that that happened? Yeah, thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. And it's like it's really annoying when you make it out of the house and you're at somewhere else and you suddenly feel this long bit of whiskers uh, down there and go and you think everybody's looking at you because uh, of these silly whiskers and going, boy, he missed it, he's going blind, that fellow, or whatever. But, you know, that, that's what's happening. In fact, Mason said to me the other day as I was uh, uh, walking around the office, he said, you've got a big hunk of shaving foam on your ear. <laughs> I was like, uh, and, and then, he, then it had dried and I couldn't get it off and it was just uh, stuck. But there's, there's, there's no doubt when you can't see properly, you don't understand things properly. Uh, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So if our, the lens of our heart... Becomes muddied. It it will affect what? It will affect our ability to see him. It will affect our ability to understand him. It will it will affect our ability to really grasp that which he is desiring to say or speak into our life. The sixteenth-century Puritan preacher uh, Thomas Manton, who um, I think when I looked at this Thomas, I thought. Doesn't he look very much like our own Thomas Weekly? Doesn't he? Isn't it? Does that, is the resemblance like, it's just like, this is Tom back in the 16th century uh, for sure. And um, I just said, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It really does. The more I look at it, the more I see uh, Tom. I wonder what Thomas Manton's wife looked like as well. I mean, it's just like, who? who knows? Who knows? We can do some further investigation. But Thomas Manton, He said this. He said, God alone, God alone sees the heart. And the heart alone sees God. God alone sees the heart and the heart alone sees God. God's eyes are on the heart. God's eyes are on the heart. When the prophet Samuel came to David's house to anoint anoint the new king. It tells us when he came to Jesse's house to anoint the king, it tells us that that when they arrived, when Samuel arrived and saw Eliab, David's older brother, he thought, surely, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. See, it was the previous King Saul's height. It was the previous King Saul's appearance that, that, that impressed the prophet, that impressed the people, that impressed the prophet Samuel. You see, Saul was tall. Saul was tall. In fact, he was the tallest guy some scholars say from in israel he was the tallest guy in israel first samuel 9 verse 2 kish had a son named saul as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in israel and he was a head taller than anybody else and so here we go again as samuel is seeing david's older brother eliab Impressed by his height. The Lord's like to Samuel, how did that work out for you last time? How did that go for you last time? And so the Lord speaks to him and says, the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. No, the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance. Not only do we look at the outward appearance, we look at our outward circumstances, we look at the outward stuff that's happening around us. We we are so influenced and touched and shifted by that which is happening on the outward. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord, he looks at the heart. And of course, the scripture is not saying here, that a person's peer appearance is insignificant. He's not saying that in the same passage as one reads on. The scripture uh, declares of David that he was glowing with health. How many would like to be glowing with health? He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. The Bible doesn't ignore the outside appearance. We, we talked about Esther uh, Uh, a year or so back, and and we mentioned there in Esther chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Queen Esther was lovely in form and features. In the NIV, it says, Esther had a lovely figure and was beautiful. I can't believe the NIV is even saying that, eh? Talking about that. She had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Now, world, of course, is image-obsessed, but Scripture would challenge us. It would challenge us to ask, do I spend as much time and energy on my heart yeah. working on the inside as I do on the outside? So because that's what, yeah. what God looks at. Man looks at the, the outward appearance. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. See, he's not fooled by appearance. That's why he can let a rich young ruler walk away. Because he looks at the heart. He's not looking at outward Appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He is not fooled by appearances. He knows our heart. And, and and again, when it when it speaks of the heart, what are we, what are we talking about? It's it's the heart is really what it, the heart is really our our attitudes, our, our motives, our desires, our thoughts, our hopes. And dreams, our ambitions, yeah. and that's why it's so important. And this is, this is what I felt the Lord just dropped in to remind the uh, uh, remind you of the scripture and me of this scripture, especially in these days, because it's dealing with our attitudes and motives and desires and ambitions and hopes and dreams. Because of our, all those things, that's why it's so important that we guard it. That we guard our heart. We should protect it. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart because everything you do, everything, everything you do, I don't know what it is that you do, but everything you do somehow traces itself back to your heart. Everything you do flows from it in some way and somehow. Proverbs 4.23 in the New Living Translation says, "Guard your heart above all else for, listen, it determines the course. Of your life, it determines the course of your life. It determines the bearing or the, the 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 direction or the way of your life. And I want to tell you in today's situations that we're it's so easy to lose our bearings. It's so easy to get off course. It's so easy to go in the wrong. Direction, and again, you don't have to be off course by much. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you, you're off course just by a little and you continue, before you know it, you're way off course. That, that's why we've got to guard it. Yeah. That's why we've got to guard it, because it's going to affect the bearings and direction of your life. The King James Version Proverbs 4 verse 23, keep thy heart, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Everything flows from it. And in these days that we are uh, living in, maybe now more than than ever, I, I, I think we need to make sure we're we're not just we're hoping, we're guarding. I, I think we actively need to engage with guarding our heart. We need to guard our heart from becoming angry. We need to guard our heart from getting frustrated. We, we need to guard our heart from losing it. We need to guard our heart from holding unforgiveness. We need to guard our, our heart because people are getting, t- in these days, in church and out of church, bitter, twisted, screwed up. engaged with a Facebook post this week and then I regretted that I did. Because it just, it just, it just gets out of hand. And it's so easy to, to get swept away. If my heart is not guarded. We've got to guard our heart from getting messed up, from getting twisted, from getting screwed up. I'm not sure if you've seen those videos, but it comes up on my Instagram every now and again, like in reels or whatever, you'll have these massive ships. I was still talking to the pastors about this at our pastors meeting the other day, but you have, you have these massive ships, and they're, they're, someone's on the bridge of the ship, and they're filming the storm that is out in front of them. And, you know, you're watching these massive waves coming in towards the ship, hitting the ship, the waves breaking right over, over the bow, the ship going, going down. There's some uh, uh, videos where stuff is being, inside the ship is being tossed from side to side. Furniture is, is smashing. But, but mostly the, these frightening waves as the ship goes up, and down, pushing its way through, through the storm. But see, this is the amazing thing about seagoing vessels. The amazing thing about seagoing vessels is no matter what size they are, no matter how big or, or how small, they can handle any storm. No matter No matter how big the waves are, no matter how rough, no matter how turbulent, the ocean is, they can just keep going and they can continue to do that as long as the water outside doesn't get on the inside. As long as the water, it doesn't matter how big, how turbulent, how rough, as long as the water on the outside does not get on the inside that boat yeah, it's tossed and turned around, things smashing from side to side. but that, that, that boat will stay afloat and get to where it has to go. if that which is on the outside does not get on the, get on the inside. See, ships sink. Ships sink when, when, when the water on the outside somehow floods and fills the inside. What's filling you? What's flooding your life at the moment? A few years ago, I don't know if he's here, he might be in the next service, so. James Coots thought it was a good idea to take me fishing. <laughs> and he called me to come out on his little boat. <laughs> I, I don't know much about fishing. I said, cool, let, it'll be good. Let's do it. We got in, got his boat. He said, oh, I've been having some trouble with the engine. It's like not, not a good start, James. <laughs> but we got it. He put on the track. He lives in Tihora. He backed it into the ocean and did the thing, wound it and let it go out and I held it and he came and jumped in and we put, 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 put out towards Kapiti. And that engine was not working. I mean, we were doing, I don't know, five miles an hour or something ridiculous. It's like, this is not working. Anyway, we threw fishing rods down, we caught some fish. And not much fish, just caught some fish. I think it was a kowai. It's the only fish I've sort of ever caught. And he said, look, we better go in where, you know, it's, it's, the engine's not working. We better go in. And so we came in. We pulled up. We pulled up at Tihoro Beach. And he said, you, you, just, you just stay there in the water and you hold the boat. And he's like, hold it so it faces this way because he's going to back the trailer up. Do you know how hard it is to hold a boat <laughs> like that? He's like, just hold it. It's no big deal. So anyway, I'm holding this boat. Now I'm strong, but I'm not that strong. So I'm holding this boat. He's back in the trailer, which he's parked like five miles up the beach. He's back in the trailer down and then you put that hook on it, you know, that you wind up to do do it. Except when he did that and he started winding it, he'd borrowed this trailer and this tractor and it was rusty and the cord snapped. Yeah, that's what I said oh no. And then the waves, which suddenly felt bigger, maybe they were only small, but when you're standing this high and the waves are like this big and they're coming in and the boat started to fill up with water. I was going, why am I here? (laughs) Lord, what sermon illustration are you going to give me today? The boat fills up with Water and we—thank we, goodness, some people came and helped. But that was the last day I had my iPhone 10. <laughs> As the boat filled up with water and drowned everything that was in in the boat, James gave me a gift later on that day of a waterproof iPhone cover for my next iPhone. <laughs> we have never been fishing again. But The water got on the inside of the boat and made it difficult for it to keep afloat in the Navy when you train or join the Navy. One of the most essential parts of that training is they take you into a room and simulate a a, a burst hole and and to, to, to somehow they have to learn to to plug up the hole they 'd have to learn to 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 somehow ram pegs and different other things into that hole to stop it leaking. That's a part of their uh, training. So they'll, hit, they'll, they'll learn how to do that when the hole, when, when the, the if you like, is filling up and the, the pressure is on and because you're going to drown if you, don't get, uh, uh, if you don't get this water out. And friends, I want to tell you, if you get too much stuff on the inside, it'll drown you. And so we've got to understand how we're going to plug up the hole. They have to learn how to do that. How do I stop? this water on the outside getting on the inside. And see, in these turbulent, stormy uh, times that we are living in, uh, because here's the other thing, even with storms, you know, storms finish. It's like, oh, that was a rough night or a rough day. But we're, we're into a rough week, a rough month, a rough year. It's like, when will the storm, I'm getting seasick, when will the storm yeah. stop? And so in these turbulent times that we are living in with, with stormy waters and large waves, and maybe that's what your life feels like. Now, I, I think Helen sort of alluded to like that the, the air is sucked out. And maybe your life feels like that wave upon, uh, upon wave. There, there seems to be no relief. It's, it's crashing or breaking or smashing over the bow of your life. If you're a business owner or if you're, you've just lost your job or you've just, you're going through stuff, or you don't know what the future, future is going to look like, maybe it's crashing and smashing over the bow of your life. And there's no doubt that can be scary, that can be terrifying, that can be frightening. But today, I just want to remind you, I want to remind you that no matter what storm is raging, no matter what storm is raging on the outside of your life, as long as you don't let it get on the inside, as long as you don't let it get on the inside, you've got to remember too, Jesus is in your boat. He's in your boat. But as long as you don't let it get on the inside, that which is on the outside, get on the inside, your boat can stay afloat. And you can power through and you can get that ship to the other side. But like a ship on an ocean, if we can't if we can't keep our heart, if we can't guard our heart, if we can't plug up those leaks. We need to watch out. What can we plug those leaks with? Well we can plug them with prayer. Or we can plug them with with, with praise. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. I was thinking of that, that stuff that's often used now. You take it, you spray it, and it expands. It just fills up any gap. It's like a foam thing. It just fills, fills it up. God inhabits the praises of his people. Maybe we need to put it in the gaps that we're finding in our life, in the holes that we're uh, finding that it would expand. What can we plug it with? We can plug it with prayer. We can plug it with praise. We can plug it with the power of his word. Because if we can avoid sinking thinking, we will make it through. But when we don't guard our hearts, when we allow the outside when we allow the outside in, waves of waves of disappointment. And I think, I, you know, talking with different ones, I think disappointment's a big thing. If we allow those waves of disappointment or despair or de- depression to flood our heart, if we allow those things to flood our heart, what happens? Our dreams drown. And our hope gets deferred, and the Bible says, "Hope deferred makes the heart faint." Another version says, the "Hope deferred makes the heart sick." Why? Because because the heart is the engine room of our life. The heart—if your heart's not good, the rest of you's not good. Yet the heart is the engine room of. Our life, so we've got to watch what we allow to flood it. We've got to watch what is filling, filling our lives, filling our hearts. And I'm just saying, with all that's surrounding our lives at the moment, it's real easy, real easy to live life from the outside in instead of from the inside out. We need to be inside out people. Proverbs 17 verse 22 says a merry heart a merry heart doeth good. It doeth good. How many could do with a merry heart? A merry heart doeth good. What is it like? It's like a medicine. It's like a medicine. You want some good medicine? Here's some good medicine. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit, it drieth the bones. Just dries your life up. See, what fills our heart? can make a big difference. Jesus Jesus said this, for, for, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What are you speaking? What are you speaking? Because what, what you're speaking is a snapshot of that which is in your, your heart. Your, your mouth speaks what your heart is full of. See, in Luke's gospel, Jesus said, a good man brings good things out of the good stored. What's, What's stored? A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. What's stored in your heart? What are you storing every day as this goes on? What are you storing in your heart? And it says an evil man it brings the evil things out of the evil store up in his heart. So, what are you speaking? What are you declaring? What's coming out? Say on us. Say this today. Listen. If you're if you're relying on the ebbs and tides of the ocean of life, if you're if you're relying on the ebbs and Tides of the waves that are surrounding you, if you're relying on that which is happening on the outside, the outside circumstances to, if you're relying on them to become smooth, if you're somehow waiting to, to, to where it all flattens out and the storm is over in order to bring you peace, joy, happiness, I, I, I'm just saying it won't. You've got to understand. All those things they're an inside job. They're an inside job. They shouldn't be based or on how or what is going on the outside of us. All those things, our life should be lived from the inside out. So how's your heart? How's your heart? Proverbs 14, verse 13 says, Even in laughter, the heart may ache. You know, we can put on all the appearances we need to, but only you and the Lord know the ache in your heart. Today, is there a leak that needs Plugging. Have you allowed things to get on the inside of your life? Have, have things flooded in? Maybe you're angry. Maybe there's just, I'm so mad. Maybe this, I can't stand those. I can't, I just, have you allowed those things to get on the inside? Or maybe it's time to plug the leak. Some prayer. With some praise. And with His Word. See, the heart is the seat. The heart is the seat of the inner person. It's it's the seat of the mind, will, and emotion. So we need to guard it. We need to guard it. You need to guard it. I need to guard it. But the good news is this. In Ezekiel 36, verse 26, it says, I will give you a new heart. Maybe today you're going, man, my heart's just so twisted. Well, t- today, the good news is He'll give you a new heart. He'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Maybe you're here today and going, I've allowed my heart to get twisted. I've allowed my heart to get better. Or Maybe today is a, now right now is a moment to ask God, would you give me a new, a new heart? King David, after all, cried out to God in Psalm 51. "So create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. In verse 17, he goes on to say, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise. Lord, we need a new heart today in these times. We need a new spirit. Father, with all that is swirling around us, we would ask today that you would clear out that which has filled us that's not of you. Lord, even today, give give us a new heart. Create a clean heart or give us a new one. We'll take it all. But Lord, we don't want to be a people who have allowed the outside to infect or flood the inside today. For we know that it determines the course and direction of our lives. And so today we're asking, God, give us a new heart. One that loves, one that cares. One that represents your heart to a hurting world. We sure need it. This we pray in Jesus' name.